We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Great attack, watch out! Burst of speed! Look at this freshman! Welcome to the home of professional football, Canton, Ohio. Hello and welcome to another episode of the College to Canton podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan. I'm your host, Travis May, and you can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M and Titan Travis on Clubhouse. Joined today again by co-host here, Stefan Leco. You can find him on Twitter at Stefan Leco. That's L-A-K-O. He is the host of the Rotoviz College Football Podcast as well. And he's a writer with the Rotoviz team and a part of the Devi crew as well that dives into all the college football goodness uh, and ranking. You know, I guess I guess it's up to 100 players these days on the site. So check it out if you're into Devi fantasy football formats. Uh, but yeah, so uh, thanks for joining me, man. Yeah, it's dude. Today was a crazy day. It's good I, to talk uh, ball I, in. Yeah, I I went and got my test done for citizenship. As many of you have heard us randomly refer to my background, uh, but today I went in, took the test, did all the things. Uh, did not I did not get one question wrong on the civics test. So you nice. know, I'm a true. I'm on my way to becoming <laughs> a true American. Nice, which is yeah, also it's awesome. a, that's a, a great game that is played on the show New Girl. If you guys have seen that show before, you could. Definitely. Have you have you watched that show, Stefan? Yeah, I I watched most of it. I don't remember much of it though. It was true a while American. back. Yeah, I don't think I still know how to play True American, but I remember that that was a fun game. Anyway, folks, if you if you're joining us for the first time, uh, College of Canton is kind of a show uh, that really delves into prospects. It's it's a, it's about the journey from the best for all the best football players and prospects from you know their college football recruiting days all the way to the pro football, pro football hall of fame and we always kind of look through a fantasy football lens since this is a road of his radio podcast but we always make sure to dive into some kind of real college football and nfl analysis too uh, from show to show but uh, we are going to dive into some hall of fame trajectories talk about some of uh you know some current nfl players and their a current trajectory and their chances to make the Hall of Fame and what you know what they still bring to our fantasy football teams now and when we could be expecting some of them to to see that that age cliff or maybe a decline in production coming here in the near future and talk through how that kind of plays into their chances to make it into the Hall of Fame. So we'll you know talk about the Hall of Fame but really really spin it with a fantasy football impact and things like that on the show. But before we dive in real quick to Safon, uh, I think we kind of have an, uh, an announcement. Uh, for yeah, the listeners, man. right? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. It's I mean, this is, is it's fun stuff, man. Take it away. 
Absolutely. So as I mentioned a couple weeks ago, Stefan is going to be a permanent fixture here on the College to Canton podcast. And so moving forward uh, here as we get near the end of the summer, we're actually going to go to a two episodes per week format. One kind of long form uh, episode, that, the, you know, the, the typical format that you are probably used to. And Stefan will typically be heading that up. But I'm going to be doing one kind of more shorter spotlight episode that's going to highlight one or a few key players or, or key happenings. Happenings, uh, so that we can kind of focus on uh, both college, both NFL during the season, uh, and really just give you all more content on the college that can't feed. So we'll cross over. Me and Stefan will be on the show together sometimes, and sometimes it'll just be one or the other. But the best part is that just means more content for you, the listeners. So be looking forward to that. Not going to be this week, not going to be next week, but as we get closer to the college football season, you'll start seeing a couple episodes a week. We've got one kind of longer, one kind of shorter, just to give you guys uh, more college football, more NFL, more football goodness. So I'm I'm super excited. I don't know about you, Stefan, but I'm glad you're here, man. Yeah, dude, it's so awesome. Very excited. Yeah, we were talking earlier this week about how this could look and kind of what our thoughts were to try to you know increase the the value for all of our loyal listeners. I just think this is an awesome approach. I think it's going to allow both of us to really um, dive dive pretty deep into some of the stuff that we really love and you know everyone gets to have a little bit of fun so yeah. it's gonna be awesome i'm really excited uh especially like right now like hockey just ended basketball's closing up pretty soon here uh the euros as you know are <laughs> you know almost done and like we're we're going into like oh no it's only baseball <laughs> so uh <laughs> it just means you and i get to dive in a little deeper do a little bit more nerding out write some yes. more articles get prepped and uh, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be so much fun. I cannot wait. Yeah, exactly. Um, it gives me a little bit more space to kind of write a bit more. Uh, doing uh, planning on doing a couple of different weeklies every single week this year for Road of His in season. So lots of uh, things to crank out in writing and on the podcast side of things. So uh, really, just can't wait. Uh, and it's been great the the, the reception uh, from you guys, the listeners, and just uh, questions you guys have. Uh, been reaching out with and uh, just it's it's a great community uh, of uh, college football and NFL nerds. So I appreciate you yeah. guys. Uh, it's it's been great in the Rotoviz team. Uh, you know, having us one to expand and doing two episodes now, uh, keeping that on Rotoviz Radio some, but also keeping it on the College Canton feed here as well. Uh, just excited to see what comes out of that. But let's dive in to the Hall of Fame trajectory talk and and kick things off with some of the quarterbacks, get that out of the way, uh, and then get into some running backs and wide receivers where I think there's some real uh, debate for some of these guys and, and really just some fast starts to some uh, early young careers for running backs and wide receivers that we could really talk about that, that could make a difference on your fantasy teams for years to come. Uh, but first off, with quarterbacks, I think we we don't need to talk about Breeze and Brady. Those guys are in, right? Rivers and, yeah. and Rivers and Eli, like that kind of talk is it's a little tired. I don't I don't even really want to talk about. I talked about that a little bit in in April with uh, Stevie Smalls when she came on. Uh, but the, the next three after those big names that kind of are at the very top of like the passing yards, passing touchdowns, passer rating, all those lists. Statistically speaking, you know you're looking at Big Ben, you're looking at Matt Ryan, you're looking at Matthew Stafford, and then there's like. Pretty much a huge gap there uh, after those names in terms of uh, guys with complete resumes that could make it into the F Pro Football Hall of Fame. So if, if you had to guess or project, uh, do you think all three or any of those guys, Big Ben, Matty Ice, Matthew Stafford, any of those guys make it to the Hall of Fame one day? 
So, yeah, I think Big Ben will make it in. I think, you know, between the Super Bowls and just his numbers have been really impressive. Uh, I, I think, you know, the dip since Antonio Brown left, I think a lot of people might question that. But if he can come back with a strong year this year, uh, which I know a lot of people are hoping for a big bounce back for him, I think he has the weapons. The offensive line might not be great, but uh, I think I think he'll be in. Um, the other two, I think they still have to. Lo- lo- they have a little bit more left to prove. Uh, Matthew Stafford's a really interesting one because uh, we, we think about him as just this like junk ball type guy, where like all these <laughs> fourth quarter, you know, comeback attempts, and he's just kind of like putting up video game type numbers in games that don't really matter, not really doing anything in the playoffs. But with this new surrounding being uh, with the Rams now, I mean, he has the opportunity. He's going to be surrounded by a very talented, very talented team, both offensively and defensively. Now, the Rams can't really withstand uh, a bunch of injuries. They're not deep, as we all know, because of how they are, uh, how they've constructed their roster. But if he's able to make a a run in the Super Bowl, uh, ideally win it. I mean, if he wins it, if he wins one Super Bowl, I think Stafford's probably in. Uh, But I think he's going to have to at least get there. Um, because right now people, I don't think have a lot of stuff. I don't think they put a lot of stock into those numbers because they feel really hollow. What do you think? Yeah, for me, Roethlisberger just on the Super Bowls uh, by itself, uh, by themselves, like that's probably going to be enough for him. Uh, But when you look at uh, Matty Ice, you, you, uh, I think some people kind of forget that he was an MVP, an all pro quarterback. Uh, just a few ago and made it to a Super Bowl. Now, yes, what happened at the Super Bowl wasn't ideal, I guess. <laughs> they they didn't. 28 uh, to 3? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get, being known for uh, being the quarterback in the worst comeback or best comeback, yeah. I guess, depending on <laughs> your point of view. No, it was the worst. Man. It, it was the worst. It was the absolute worst comeback. I hated watching that game. But being known <laughs> for that game, I think, knocks him. But the thing about him is he's way up there on just about every single leaderboard, even like things like touchdown percentage and a bunch of efficiency metrics. He's like pretty much top 10 any way you slice it. He actually still has more passing yards than Aaron Rodgers does. He has way more than Matthew Stafford. And really, it's, it's funny. I forget how long he's been around. He's been around since 2008. So after Big Ben and Tom Brady uh, move on, and whatever happens with Aaron Rodgers, there's a good chance that Matt Ryan could be the senior long-toothed uh, quarterback uh, quarterback in the NFL here very soon, uh, depending on how things go years with these older guys. Uh, but Matt Matt Ryan, uh, he, he has a new coach coming in. He sheds Julio Jones, but he still has Calvin Ridley. And then they bring in the greatest tight end of all time in Kyle Pitts, right? I think that's we've already decided that he's the GOAT. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, I think, I think yes. most of... Uh, Dynasty I thought you were going to say Frank Darby, but, you know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Who any, Yeah, how many listeners, if, if you had to guess, what percentage of our listeners actually know who Frank Darby is? 12%. 12%. And, and that's even for College the Canton stuff. Like <laughs> Arizona State, yeah. maybe kind of deep threat kind of guy uh, who disappeared yeah. last year because Arizona State disappeared. But anyway, um, yeah, so they have some weapons around, the greatest of all time tied in. And Calvin really a guy that we're going to get into discussions later. I think this is very, it reminds me very much so of when he lost Roddy White. You know, Roddy White was kind of transitioning yeah. out, uh, but they kept Roddy White around for a while, even after he was kind of burnt out, you know. Uh, so it, they're basically just passing the torch. They were passing the torch to Julio, 
in the early uh, 2010s. Uh, now they're passing the torch to Calvin Ridley. And Matty Ice has a couple more years on his contract where it doesn't make sense for the team to cut cut, uh, cut him loose. So uh, I think given where he is well, now. And they, just ex- and they just extended him those two years too. So right, like, right, right. They, yeah. So yeah. I, I, and I'm talking about like it's even if things, even if the rails just come off. Like he's got a good two plus years where it just the team has so much dead money. It does not make sense to ever depart from it. Like I was looking at the contract structure. He's already up to 55,000 passing yards. That's top 10 all time. By the way, that's more than John Elway. That's more than Warren Moon. That's more than Fran Tarkenton. And I know we're in a different era, but it's still kind of crazy. Uh, if he has an even halfway decent season this year, he will pass up Eli Manning. Uh, so if he sticks around for two or three more years, he'll pass up Dan Marino. Uh, so it, it's going to be really hard to keep a guy with an MVP on his record out of the Hall of Fame. Matthew Stafford, thank goodness he's no longer a Lion because there, there was no way he's ever going to have anything on his re- resume staying with the Lions. Sorry, Lions fans, but that's, you know, I mean, you, you know I'm telling the truth, right? So, all t- all, both of them, <laughs> both of them listening right now are yeah, shaking their both, heads at us. Both Lions <laughs> fans who haven't given up at this point. But anyway, yeah, so I think it's probably going to be two of them. Two of the three, Matty Ice and Big Ben. And if, like you said, Matt Stafford makes the Super Bowl, that, that'll happen. But outside of the old men, uh, looking at some of the younger guys, the, like the dual threats, like some of the guys, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, automatic. Like he's already made it. He's already won a Super Bowl. He's made it to another. He's going. Like he could probably play a few more years and just call it a day. Uh, but interesting guys that to me are the dual threats, like the guys that are up there in terms of every rushing yard list already. Uh, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Cam Newton. You know, they, they may make even though Cam Newton's career is going to be abridged now because of some injuries, most likely. What he was doing at his peak, his MVP for performances, like I think. Uh, you know, Lamar Jackson, what we've already seen out of him. Russell Wilson, uh, probably the best passer of this crew. Uh, what they've done, and even Kyler Murray in a smaller sample, I think that dual threat ability, having the crazy amount of rushing yards and passing numbers to go along with it, could get all four of those guys in personally one day. I think that would be a tough ask, but if you had to put a percentage on it, what percentage chance would you say that when it's all said and done, those four are all in? I don't know because... Cam Newton's the one that I'm not sure about because there's just so much and I think unfair criticism um, towards Cam Newton and um, I won't get political. I say that for my for I say that for the other part <laughs> of his podcast uh, and my Twitter feed. But I just feel like Cam Newton, there's so much going against him. I feel like if he can't come back from the injuries, like I know that he just got placed on uh, the PUP list. Um, I just don't know if it's going to be enough for him to get in, even though like when he was at his peak, he was one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, and he like he took that Panthers team to the Super Bowl and was so close to winning it against the Broncos. Um, but that one play, I think, will tarnish his legacy forever where he didn't jump on the football and all the criticism he received for that. And I don't think last year being now he started off so great, um, but then after getting COVID, he never really was able to come back. He was struggling with injuries and we all know what the Patriots season looked like. So I think, um, if he can't come back and do anything else, I don't know if he's going to get in. So I would say that all four get in pretty low 20%. <laughs> I just like to be 20% optimistic. would be high. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would be tough because it's so early for Kyler and Lamar, but with Lamar already right. having, uh, the MVP type level play, 
Uh, Kyler Murray kind of looking like that a, a couple seasons, not quite there yet, but he's developing. And it really, before he stopped running last year, he was on that uh, trajectory and in the conversation. Uh, just the back, back six, seven games, it kind of changed. He didn't look like the same yeah, player. Yeah, after he got injured in that yeah. Seahawks game. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And he just wasn't running, running anymore. Uh, that really changed things. But if he can, can maintain that kind of mobility and passing efficiency that we saw from the first half of last year, uh, he may creep up in MVP conversations here soon and, and be on that trajectory. What's crazy about Cam is uh, he's already uh, creeping up into, he's just shy of the top 100 all time in the NFL for rushing yards. Like if he has less than 500 rushing yards ever again, in fact, less than, yeah, it's just over 400 rushing yards. He'll creep into the top 100 all time uh, in terms of rushing yards, not just for quarterbacks, obviously for any position. Like it's crazy. And even we we talk about how crazy Michael Vick was as a runner. He's only about 700 yards behind him. Uh, So he has way more, uh, I, I guess, better passing numbers if you want to break it down. So I was wondering, because like you mentioned that Cam Newton is in the top, like close to the top 100 there for, for all-time rushing yards. And and I wonder, like, do you think the fact that he's a, this is going to sound crazy, but do you think the fact that he would be going in, like you obviously going in as a quarterback, mm-hmm. that the rushing yards don't kind of count, like the fact that he's way up there doesn't matter as much um, as it would for a running back, which I know is a crazy thing to say, but because that's not traditionally what quarterbacks are supposed to do, traditionally they don't run, they do throw. Do you think um, that those numbers, the rushing yards, are like maybe viewed only at like sixty percent or seventy percent of the worth of a running back's rushing yards? Does that does my question make sense? Uh, it does. I'm not really sure how I'd probably weigh on that, but when he would go in and when he would be up in consideration, he would be part of an era that we saw budding and in, in that uh, pretty much all successful NFL quarterbacks were running quarterbacks. Like Tom right. Brady and Ben Roethlisberger and that type is no longer going to exist in probably three or four years. Like that's we're not going to see any quarterbacks like that ever again in the NFL. Ian um, Book. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he yeah. was a fine runner. Yeah, he seriously though. Runner. Uh, but we're just not going to see that anymore. So we might start to value that running uh, for quarterbacks a little bit more. But I just yeah. hope I hope we get one more good year out of Cam Newton. I think Mac Jones oh, is is uh, just about ready to take the home, the helm there, and will probably do so in in just one more season or so. But I want to see one more uh, believing in, in Cam to stick around and has having you know the, one more good rushing season, uh, and he proved he could do that even last year. But to just one more decent passing season. And the thing is, if although, he does that, okay, what were you going to say? Oh, is it? Although I do have Mac Jones in, on my roster in the Scott Fishbowl, so maybe not. <laughs> but no, from a camp, from for Cam Newton, I totally agree. I would love to see him be successful this year. Yeah, seriously though, because to to break into the top thirty all time in passing yards uh, for any quarterback ever, Cam Newton doesn't even need four thousand yards total. So there's a great chance if he is healthy for most of this year that we're looking at a guy that, that is top 30 in passing yards and second all time at the position in rushing yards uh, and you know has an MVP. And yes, people are going to think about the, the, the failure in, in the Super Bowl, but still we're looking at a player with one of the most unique, ridiculous resumes ever 
and you, you talk about the rushing, uh, but when you compare him as a passer to Michael Vick, we're going to we'll be talking about a guy who has 12 or 13, 14,000 more passing yards than my, uh, Michael Vick, even though he wasn't and isn't going to be a Hall of Famer for probably more than one reason. Uh, right. But but seriously, his resume will probably go down in NFL history as the most unique mix of, uh, I guess, semi-truck of a human being ever. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it, it is crazy just to look at him. But Russell Wilson, that seems My like the, the, the most obvious, though, right? Yeah. Out of those four, it's it's him or nobody, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. To me, I don't think he gets in if he retires tomorrow. But, you know, given that he's going to, like, he's on these crazy, like, fitness regimen, like, he spends over a million dollars a year, like, on just keeping himself in shape. Mm-hmm. He's going to be playing a lot more years. Uh, whether it's in Seattle, please be in Seattle or elsewhere. Um, and he's going in like, I mean, he's yep. a Super Bowl winner. Yes. He's never gotten a single vote for the MVP. We all remember that from last year when that story was going around forever. Mm-hmm. But the dude is consistently one of the best deep ball passers in the league. Yeah. Uh, he he's mobile when he needs to be. He's super smart and he has great numbers too. So oh, he does. Uh, I think he, I think he really, I think he really will. I'd be shocked. I would put everything, every amount of money I have, I would put on him making the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he already he's already just shy of thirty four thousand passing yards. Just to, he'll easily coast into the top thirty this year yeah. for passing yards. And by the way, he's already top two hundred in rushing yards as a quarterback, uh, and has less than a thousand fewer rushing yards than Cam Newton does. Yeah, it's crazy. I, yeah, it's like I mean, if, if you look at I. I he, he didn't have the crazy ceiling, I guess, rushing. You know, he didn't have all the touchdowns because he's not always a goal line back like Cam. But he's got some crazy amount of stats that uh, his, his resume is just already just a season probably away or two away from, okay, obviously that guy's in. Yeah. But well, any yeah, other... You can't do the goal line work when you've got Marshawn Lynch and then you can actually throw <laughs> the ball with 13 seconds left yeah. and Jimmy Butler can pick it off and you can lose the Super Bowl. I mean, <laughs> no one's better about that. No, uh, it wasn't. It's uh, you, oh, you said Jimmy. You meant Malcolm Butler. <laughs> Malcolm Butler. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. But ah. any any other quarterbacks we want? We want. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Obviously, he's going to the. <laughs> Dude, I would love that. That would just be so perfect. Yeah. And they could just like have a collage of jerseys from all the teams he played for hanging up on the wall, like kind of stitched together. Oh, it would man. be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be what his ninth team this year. Oh man, yeah. it's just incredible. Beautiful. And every and week is revenge week for Fitzpatrick. <laughs> yeah. And what's funny about Fitzpatrick is uh, you, you basically can get him for peanuts, probably in trades in most leagues and dynasty. And he's going late, even in redraft, but he's going to get another shot this year, right? Like he's mm-hmm. probably going to be the guy and he's got a, an interesting young set of pass catchers. And, and then an yep. older tight end. He, he doesn't historically go to his tight end. I think his best tie, like team tight end finish is barely inside the top 20, uh, at least since, I don't know, five or six years ago. Uh, so Logan Thomas might be a tad overvalued, but if you look at, you know, Terry McCorin, uh, Curtis Samuel, and my, my dude and your dude, Dimey Brown there, uh, that could be a fun little just air out fest. I mean, he loves just chucking it and Dimey Brown being like the best, you know, basically uh, the best deep threat in college football for two years, having the deepest average depth of target in all of college football. Uh, for a couple years there, pretty much. So it's that could be a lot of fun. Uh, and yeah, I know he's probably not going in the hall, but he. It's funny that he actually has 
<laughs> he actually has more uh, passing yards than Russell Wilson. <laughs> oh yeah, it's awesome. Then like, oh, any, but you but you uh, forgot Washington's of, best receiver, and that's AGG. I I'm still hoping oh, Antonio out. Antonio Gandy out help. Oh yeah, <laughs> I have so many shares of him from last year. I really need him to become a thing. <laughs> yeah, let's let's see it. Let's see it happen. But uh, yeah. yeah, I don't think. I mean, obviously, uh, Aaron to me. It, I say obviously Aaron Rodgers is going to the hall. We didn't even really mention him, but he's already 11th all time in passing yards. Oh, you, you kind of mentioned him in, in passing with the yeah. old guys. So yeah, I think he's I think that one's old guy long in the tooth. There's a really short list of guys that are ahead of him in any stats. But yeah, so Aaron Rodgers seems like he's in, but uh, let's move on to running backs because there's a ton of younger running backs that I think we can talk about Frank Gore, because he's been around for a bajillion years and uh, has like 20,000 yards from scrimmage. I don't care what you say. He's going in listeners. I, you, you can scream at me all you want that, that he's going in. It doesn't matter. He's a buddy only averaged whatever. It doesn't matter. He's going in the hall of fame. Adrian Peterson also obviously going into the hall of fame. Uh, there's really no debate. I mean, like, would you have any rebuttal for him not making it? I mean, I think he's a shoe in I, I don't see any way around it. I think yeah. he has the longevity piece mm-hmm. going for him. Obviously, he's been around forever. But when he was like <laughs> with Minnesota, he was the best running back in the league oh, for yeah. multiple years. He came back off that crazy injury, put up a huge year, and then sustained it. I don't see how you leave him out. Like to me, yeah. if there's a Hall of Fame, he probably deserves to be in it. You oh know? yeah, like, I mean, if you look around, like the guys that are in that same like yards from scrimmage range, uh, it's Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer. Like like everybody right. around him. Like uh, if you look at the top, uh, let's see, top fourteen in terms of all time NFL yards from scrimmage, all of them are in the Hall of Fame that are retired. Uh, and then you have Frank Gore, Larry Fitzgerald, and Adrian Peterson, all of which are obviously going to, to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> right. uh, so, and Adrian Peterson is the bottom of that, that three list, and he's 11. But before we jump over to some younger guys, LaShawn McCoy has 15,000 yards in scrimmage, and I am an all-in. LaShawn McCoy deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Are you there, or are you no? Are you against that? So if if you hadn't uh, shared these beautiful spreadsheets with me beforehand, just the feeling of LaShawn McCoy would be like, nah, not really, like, no. <laughs> but then when you look at what he's actually done, it's really hard to put up a strong case against it. But to me, like, if you would have asked that without me looking at these numbers, I would have been like, if LaShawn McCoy is getting into the Hall of Fame, any good running back should be getting in. But then you realize, like, he's actually, you know, he's in the top 25 in a total career rushing yards like that's that's pretty significant that's not nothing like he he really has put up um some really impressive seasons and he has a nice body of work for his career as well so i wouldn't be surprised if he got in um i also wouldn't be surprised if like my boy fred taylor he is left on the outside looking in yeah it's just to me if you look at his yards and scrimmage per game his rushing yards per game his rushing yards per season uh and really his peak production like having a couple years that were just crazy 2000 yard plus from scrimmage and 20 touchdown season like he his peak was kind of crazy and then he finished with 15,000 you know how many players and like wide receivers and running backs included have 15,000 or more yards from scrimmage in NFL history less than 30 yep it's 26 ever like he's yeah he's right next to Jerome Bettis who has 15,111 uh, and he's right next to, you know, guys like Marvin Harrison, different position, but he was in Franco Harris, 
uh, guys below him, uh, you know, it, it, that, I mean, like OJ Simpson, Jim Brown, like <laughs> a different era, obviously, but you know, guys that, uh, were shoe ins for the hall of fame. Uh, and then you look above him and guys that aren't in like the, the total list of guys that are above him in terms of yards from scrimmage. Steve Smith is going to be in here soon. Uh, Steven Jackson work done Tiki Barber. Like that's the list. That's the entire yeah. list that's above him in terms of yards and scrimmage. So that's it that, that are not going to be obviously or already in the hall of fame. So he's, he's right there on the cusp. It's like, man, if he had what, like one more good season, it'd be a slam dunk. But, um, he's just, he's probably right on that edge. <laughs> I know probably won't because it's not the hall of really good. It's the hall of fame. I don't know. I don't know if he's yeah, even famous. It. Yeah. But anyway, slightly younger guys that are probably going to die off too soon in terms of their efficiency. Uh, Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley, guys that were just killing it. What just like imagine? I mean, well, just frankly, look at older dynasty rankings or something. Like those guys were ruling uh, the NFL. Like how many years ago? Like were they both just obvious top five guys? Right? Yeah, I mean, three years ago. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, seriously, and and. uh, What's what's nuts is just a couple years ago, Le'Veon Bell was still top five all time in terms of yards from scrimmage per game. Now that dwindled uh, when he uh, joined the Chiefs, especially. But uh, just two years ago, he was still top five in, in yards from scrimmage per game, uh, and that's dropped off. If you look at the numbers, like since two thousand, that's dropped way off. Now I think he's let's see here. He was top. He was top five. Now he's. Oh, he's still just 10th since 2000, uh, I believe 11th all time. Uh, so he's still up there. But if he plays for very long, very much longer, if he even gets signed, <laughs> if he even is playing in the NFL, uh, it's probably going to drop off even quicker. But a guy that he's way up there, like on every single list, in, like for like all time in rushing yards, he actually is still ahead of Ezekiel Elliott. He's uh, 76th all-time in rushing yards, though. So it's like, if he had one more good season, he'd be right up there. But uh, yard, like rush yards per game, he's way up there. Receiving yards per game, he's way, way up there. I was going to say, it's crazy to me that, like, the dude isn't even 30 yet. No. Like, he has not even turned 30, but it does really feel like his career is over. Like, it doesn't feel like there's anything that's going to happen moving forward. All, all the off-the-field stuff, when he held out and now just like all the turmoil around like his issues with the chiefs. And I, I just, I just don't even know if he, like you said, like, I don't even know if he is going to be playing next year. And he's someone that like as shocking as it like four or five years ago, if you said, will Le'Veon Bell be in the hall of fame? I would have been like, absolutely. And now, man, I don't know. I just don't know because there's been so much, yeah, just so much drop off in, in not only yeah. production, but then also in just and he set out of, here. of him. <laughs> yeah. Like that was so dumb. Like had he just played yeah. literally anywhere, uh, he would yep. have. You could just easily tack on another one thousand yards, if not eleven hundred, twelve hundred, or even more. Uh, he's at ninety seven hundred right now. But had he just had one okay season, uh, he'd be at nearly eleven thousand uh, yards from scrimmage, and uh, it's certainly in the conversation. But it's just really hard. Like when I look at the thresholds that you need to get into the Hall of Fame anymore, it's like. If you don't break 12,000, your name doesn't even enter the conversation as a running back or wide receiver. Tight end is different, but like it, it doesn't even enter, enter the conversation. For wide receivers, though, it's probably all the way up to 13,000 now, and we can get to that in a second. But the, the thresholds, especially in this pass-happy era and in this offensive era, 
Like if you don't play for a very, very long time at a very, very high level, it's going to be near impossible to get into the Hall right. of Fame. And I think it will be like with adding this extra game, I think it'll the, the thresholds will change. And people who like, like, like you mentioned Calvin Ridley earlier, like people who have a few seasons with 16 and then a bunch with 17, they're going to be judged differently. And it might be even harder for them to get in uh, because of those first few seasons with with less um, less production, just on a like a, a cumulative standpoint. But yeah, uh, Le'Veon Bell's a I, I would bet against it at this point him yep. getting in because I there's, don't think he's done enough. There's no way. Like and Todd Gurley, like I think maybe even a year ago, maybe or at least two years ago, I was kind of having conversations about how he was already on that track. But the, the shelf life for running backs anymore is just so short. Uh, it's kind of insane right? uh, to to think about. But guys like that are just maybe a, a tier down in terms of age. I mean, Derrick Henry, uh, he's going to be 27 uh, coming up on that mark here. And uh, where would you think right now, given his kind of ridiculous track of rushing production in the past couple of years, past few years, where would you guess Derrick Henry is all time in terms of career rushing yards? Career rushing yards? Oh, I'm not looking at that page, so I can't even cheat. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> career rushing yards? I think he would be top 40, but in total career yards, like career total yards, like with receiving yards, I think he would be like way down because he just doesn't catch the ball much. Yeah, it's funny. So, like, so he but is. But then again, I forget that he <laughs> split with DeMarco Murray in the beginning with Tennessee. Like you forget about that because he's just yep. been so dominant these last few years. So now I'm thinking that I, now I'm like really questioning myself. <laughs> so he is 100th yeah, all time. There you go. In rushing yards because he had that My slow gosh. start. Uh, and because yeah. of that slow start, it's going to be really tough for even a guy like Derrick Henry, who has a 2,000-yard rushing season. Because uh, I, I live in, in Middle Tennessee, and uh, you hear people you know, spouting off like Derrick Henry is going to be a you know, future Hall of Famer, Derrick Henry. And because he is not a pass catcher, and Nick Chubb, another guy, they're not pass catchers, it's really hard for you to amass very many yards from scrimmage. Like the, the, the minimum bars to be considered – uh, for the Hall of Fame, uh, it's really, really hard because like guys like Derrick Henry, guys like Nick Chubb, they're not even in the top 250, let alone the top like 300 in yards from scrimmage career, despite being crazy efficient rushers. Uh, in terms of rushing yards per game for guys with 40 uh, 40 games or more, Nick Chubb, like the other like non pass catching running back that we all love, uh, he is in terms of rushing yards per game, he is 18th. All time. That's including guys. That's including the entire Hall of Fame. He's 18th. Derrick Henry, in terms of rushing yards per game, just rushing yards per game, he's 24th all time. So he's on pace. Both of those guys are on pace to be, if they stay healthy for very long, to be guys that are way up there in in the uh, rushing yards area. But yards from scrimmage, not so much. So unless they win some jewelry and and get some uh, Super Bowl trophies or something to pad their stats. Uh, it's going to be really hard for any, not just these two guys, but any non-really pass-catching uh, running backs. Like, uh, it, I, do you think any non-passing run, like, well, either one of these guys or any other non-pass-catching running back could ever really make the Hall of Fame ever again? Well, I think I was just wondering that because I think it really comes down to what you believe the Hall of Fame, and more importantly, the people who are. Yeah selecting these guys what they're looking at like I, i'm thinking about like megatron making it in you know this upcoming year 
And uh, like, it's like, well, there was a debate about like, well, he didn't do it for very long. He left too early. And so I wonder if it's like, man, if say Derrick Henry puts together two more 2000 yard seasons rushing, but again, isn't contributing anything. Um, and he doesn't put up the cumulative numbers that we're looking for, but he had a four to five year stretch of absolute dominance. Then maybe that's enough for them to be like, you know what? He doesn't have, you know, the, the total yards that we were hoping for, or that most of these guys have, but he is an outlier in the type of running back. He was for the era he was. So he, represents what we're looking for in a hall of famer so in that way maybe he could i mean yeah i think if he has two more 2000 yard rushing seasons he's in with one more maybe um if he if, if the titans make a, a super bowl run maybe i because that would be most likely off uh off his legs um so i i don't know he's a, he's a tough one because it really comes down to like your philosophy of what what does a hall of famer embody is it the career or is it just like a period of dominance yeah and that's the thing that, that even with your example though like with, with megatron he was he's 32nd all time in uh career receiving yards uh but he did he did dominate like crazy he had those ridiculous years uh, where he still somehow caught like single digit touchdowns because lions uh, but Calvin Johnson is second all time in terms of yards, receiving yards per game behind only Julio Jones. So like even in that example, like he's still on the, the, the yards per game mark was elite of the elite of the elite of the elite. And so that's where it would be tough, even from a rushing yard standpoint, uh, yeah. to catch up with some of the guys that are ahead of him. Like even some of the guys that are just barely younger younger than either of them and do catch passes that are going to be in the same conversation when it's all said and done, when they all retire and they're in the same eligibility groups. Uh, Dalvin Cook and Ezekiel Elliott both average more rushing yards per game than Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry career. Uh, and yes, their, their ceiling might not be necessarily what Derrick Henry's was this past season, uh, but it could be. And uh, what they've been doing uh, as, as a dual threat out of the backfield may prove more impactful. So moving on to really Zeke, the guys that are more productive that are both in the air and on the ground, Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara. Like those are the five that everyone in Dynasty loves to talk about. Uh, yeah. And they love to have this year. Uh, that people are taking early. I mean, some people are lower on Ezekiel Elliott this year because they're they're bad at this. But uh, he's going to be <laughs> he's going to be right back up there uh, and dominating again. Yeah. So, like, when if they're compared to if Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb, if they don't keep crazy production for at least two or three years, and they're compared to those five, it, it's really tough, right? Yeah, it really does, and it's crazy to think about that that those those what I think you mentioned like five guys right there. Um, and just how in this era where so many people are like hashtag running backs don't matter. Um, you've got five dudes that are legitimately going to be knocking on the door of the hall of fame um, in an era of, you know, that belief of running backs are kind of, you know, replacement level guys are, are almost as good as these elite guys. And it's like, well, maybe not like, let's look at these guys production and see that there's actually like a, a huge advantage when you have one of these elite running backs um, oh, yeah. that is able to produce both rushing and receiving, like you said, and these guys are truly yeah, extraordinary what they do. And they're putting up just ridiculous numbers. 
that it's it's hard to imagine. I mean, Saquon with the injuries, it's been it's been really rough the last two years. Christian McCaffrey but, too, but still on a yeah, per game basis, year, yeah. crazy, right? And yeah, and they're both still so young that they have they have so they have the potential for so much more football. Again, we saw with Gurley that 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 can come to a, a screeching halt. But yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's pretty amazing that we've got these five guys in here that are all Hall of Fame worthy uh, from a pr- projection standpoint. Yeah, at least what they're doing now, because all all five yeah. of them averaging more than five, uh, more than one hundred yards from scrimmage per game. Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, averaging almost 120 yards from scrimmage per game. Crazy. Dalvin Cook, 115 yards from scrimmage per game. Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey right around 113, 114. Kamara, because he's almost just another receiver than he is a running back, only around 103 per game. And we'll see what happens post-Breeze. But all these guys uh, in this era of, of just running backs don't matter, uh, proving to be some of the most productive running backs of all time on a, a per game basis. Yeah. So we'll see if if they all stay healthy. Let's let's hope they do. Those guys and be, I wouldn't bet that they do. Obviously. No, and that's the like, problem. Yeah, like it's probably not going to be all five, but at least two of the five, three or yeah. three of the five are probably going to maintain this kind of level of production that gets them into that conversation. But it's just hard if you look at. Uh, how hard it is to stay healthy for that long at, at the position. We see this this age cliff, and it keeps on getting younger and younger and younger. And how we value running backs in dynasty, like we assume any running back that's twenty six, they're basically dead. Uh, and if you look at the average, you know, c- career dip is has come earlier and ear- earlier and earlier. I remember. I mean, you and I have played long enough to remember. Like, oh yeah, the, the brick 30. wall comes at age thirty, right? For yep, running backs, that was always the number. Yeah, <laughs> it was always thirty. And then somebody and I actually. I love Bell. We were just saying is too old at twenty nine. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And then people started crunching the numbers, and they're like, oh, hmm. They really start tailing off in terms of efficiency at age twenty seven. Really, twenty eight. And now we're talking about because of the with the salary cap and like the the, the really the contract structure and everything, man. It's like it, it, one or two years into their second contract, regardless of what age they are, like we need to expect them to no longer be doing this uh, at a high level. Uh, and that shows up like if you look at the the top like rush like career rushing yards. I, I've mentioned top career rushing yards before. We move on to wide receiver. Uh, how 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 highly uh, Cam Newton and Russell Wilson and all those guys were ranked. Like, what do you think the benchmark is to break the top 250 all time in rushing yards? Like how many yards, or just rushing yards, how many do you think it takes to break this top 250? I'm going to, I have a feeling I'm going to say way too high of a number. Um, Go for I it. would say like 4,500. Yeah, all you need is th- just over 3,600 rushing yards to be wow. top 250. So yeah, I was a thousand off. <laughs> oh yeah. All time because guys That's like crazy. Yeah, because it's just so tough to maintain uh any amount of uh career uh, at the running back position without getting, you know, seriously injured. Uh, and this, we look at guys that are on this list near the bottom, Dalvin Cook is already on this list because he's, you know, top 10 all time in yards from uh rushing yards per game. Uh but it took him still 4 years to do it. Uh, so he's 3,661 rushing yards. It's really tough like to maintain that kind of dominance. Like there's only 31 guys that have 10,000 rushing yards. Like we we assume because we play Madden <laughs> because right. and because we assume everyone just shows up to work and in today's game and they're going to get 1,100, 1,200 yards. And that might be true, but even if you get 1,200 for 5 years, that's only 6,000 rushing yards. 
and and that would be good for barely inside the top 100. So if you were a really good running back for five years, uh, you would barely be top 100. So it's just um, it's well, it's easy like to, it's easy to like get, yeah, but it's easy to like, get in, but like to really be at the very top, it's really tough. Right. Like even a guy like Fred Jackson, who was a solid running back for you know almost a decade, is outside the top 100 with you know almost eight uh, almost 6000 yards rushing you know but it's it's just yeah it's it's pretty crazy to think about like how how much of a beating these guys bodies take and how difficult it is to sustain a long career that's both long and productive it really makes you appreciate guys like Frank Gore and Adrian Peterson and I know it's a running joke that Frank Gore is going to be you know that he's going to be out there on crutches and playing <laughs> Uh, long, he's gonna have a longer NFL career than his son is, and his son hasn't even made it yet. Uh, like, but man, it's really impressive that you know, 15, 16 years later, he's still able to go out there and and semi-produce. Yeah, you know, it's insane. It really is. Uh, but looking at the, just the the top five we mentioned, Zeke, uh, I think people have already kind of started to move away from him. I honestly like, would you and would you move off of Dallin Cook, like just to regardless of how competitive you were, would you just be like, Hey, look, I'm going to sell high and, and, and dynasty. No. Cause like, no, cause I like, have Dalvin he's, Cook. He's, 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 yeah. Thing is, I have him in every league. This like every redraft <laughs> I get Dalvin cook because everyone's like taking everyone else. And he's just sitting there. I have Dalvin cook everywhere and I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah. And what's funny he is just, he just got an extension. So like, yep. you know, he's going to have at least two more years and with running backs, like, I'll take an elite running back for two years. Yep. Same, because that's basically the shelf life, it seems. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but he's seriously, he will be 26 before the season starts. So people are going to assume he's dead after this season. <laughs> like That's just how it goes. Like, oh, he's going to be 27 next year. So I, I've, I found myself uh, falling into that trap. But I'm okay, like you said, holding on to that production. If I think he can, if he's got the extension, he's going to be the primary back and run first offense for two more years at least. And that's why I'm finding myself with more of guys like Derrick Henry and more of guys like Dalvin Cook because you know what? They're not exactly fit. One size fits all like the mold of what the normal running back looks like. They're obviously right. top tier elite talents. And yes, we just saw guys like Todd Gurley uh, fall off the, the tracks. But for him, for him, like we already knew he kind of had uh, bad knees for a while. Like he had multiple yep. ACL surgeries, uh, even like Melvin Gordon. He was kind of in the conversation. Uh, he's actually almost in the top 100 all time in rushing yards uh, as well. But he had knee issues. Le'Veon Bell, weird situation. He he kind of dropped off because he missed a season and was just a, a nutcase drama rapper. Uh, and, uh, and so like we've seen these guys drop off, but guys like Dalvin cook that don't have a bunch of red flags. He kind of had some early career Nixon, Nixon and dings, uh, on him. But, uh, Derrick Henry is, uh, he's basically a a, a 200. Well, I think he's 200,000 pounds. Is that what he is? Something like that. Uh, and still runs probably a four or five. Like they're not normal. So I, I found myself thinking, you know, look, physics didn't change uh and the age cliff didn't change so drastically that these guys are just going to expire you know like 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 we think everyone else does like the difference making elite hall of fame talents that we think these guys could be those guys stick around and so i think they can be the outliers because we know there's always outliers exactly there's only going to be one or two but you've got pretty good you've got a pretty good track record of, of being able to to make your 
bet, call your shot on one or two guys. And Dalvin Cook for me is that guy that I think, yeah, I think he's the outlier. Um, and maybe I'm wrong and maybe it's not him. And then I'll, I'll have a lot of Dalvin Cook shares that I yeah. can't move off of. <laughs> but even Alvin Kamara, he's like a new mold. We don't even know what he's going to be. And because of the influx of talent or the lack thereof uh, in this year's rookie class and what I think we're going to see in next year's rookie class in 21 and 2020, uh, yeah, 2022, uh, it's going to be pretty lousy. Uh, outside of, you know, maybe Najee Harris and maybe we like Travis Etienne and maybe Javante Williams. And, but next year is like one or two guys. So I think we're going to see a few of these guys stick around a little bit longer uh, than we might have projected given how ageist we are in fantasy football because we're not going to see a bunch of replacement talent come in until 2023. And, and not to get too far ahead, but I'm nerdy enough that I know that 2024 is going to be a shallow class because they have, it's a really, really bad group of running backs uh, among the freshmen this year. It's really shallow. And even at the top, there's like one or two guys that are really right. trustworthy. So the three out of the next four classes at running back are going to be pretty trash. Uh, and so looking ahead and knowing that, I think some of these guys like Ezekiel Elliott, like Dalvin Cook, if if they stay healthy, Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, the GOAT, uh, like the, <laughs> we're going to see this, this new generation, this renaissance crew of running backs that all could make it uh, into the Hall of Fame conversation here soon. But what, before we wrap things up with some wide receivers and tight end talk, just a word from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. 
I just want to take a second to thank you for tuning in to today's show. My name is Colin Kelly, co-host of the Road of His Overtime podcast, along with the great Sean Siegel. We do appreciate each and every listener, and as a thank you to each of you, you can get yourself a 10% discount to a Road of His NFL pass. We're heading at full speed towards the season. Make sure you're ready. Get yourself access to all the content and tools up on the Road of His website. All you have to do is add the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout to get yourself that 10% discount. Now let's go and dominate those fantasy leagues in 2021. All right, so we've talked about running backs and quarterbacks at length already with some Hall of Fame trajectories and really with the age cliff with the running backs. I think that's key in trying to take advantage of some value gaps in the coming years. Uh, believing in the current NFL running backs to maintain value longer than we think they might. But wide receivers, let's talk about the guys who are automatics with, you know, they're going to the Hall of Fame probably if they stay on this this current trajectory. Uh, wide receivers, Julio Jones, new, you know, new situation with the Titans, uh, but is an obvious shoe-in Hall of Famer. If you look at where he ranks in terms of career receiving yards, uh, the dude's already 20th all time. Like, it's ridiculous, right? Like, he's an automatic for you, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. He's number one in receiving yards per game uh, all time. And he's got an almost 10-yard lead per game on literally every wide receiver ever. Unbelievable. (laughs) (laughs) It's dumb. Like, he's got 95.5 receiving yards per game. Calvin Johnson was (laughs) 86.1. He's yeah. second. So the dude's in. Like he could have a, a zilch this year uh, and he would be in. Uh, but automatics passed that. A couple years ago, uh, Antonio Brown would be. He's still fourth in yards and receiving yards per game uh, ever. But uh, what what do you do with him? Because he had that such of like he basically went insane or something. I don't know what happened there. I got- yeah, it, it's really sad, really, what happened with him. And he's a guy that um, I really struggle with because like i do know like mental health issues are it's, no joke i know seriously um, and it's sad like because like it man. really is it, but i actually was just reading an article uh earlier this week about like apparently he's been doing really great like him and brady have Good. been working together and stuff like that and it seems like he's really turned the corner so i mean the dude is like like he's not young but he still has football left in him i mean uh i think he led the uh the Buccaneers in in uh, targets per game in the game like for the season because once he was there he was like Brady's yeah, dude so peppered. I could see him having a couple more strong years and to me I, I would bet Antonio Brown makes it in yep and even though he had that weird pit stop and allegations galore and uh, really just went through a kind of dark time um, if he has one or two more seasons where he's even hitting 750 or 800 more yards let's say he gets yeah. 1500 more yards total career with whatever time he has left. That would put him top 20 all time. That would put him uh, right near Julio Jones. That would have put him uh, right near like everybody that's in the Hall of Fame. Like that would put him right behind guys like Anquan Bolden, like Chris Carter, like Andre Johnson, Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison. That put him within a thousand yards of that entire list. So right. yeah. uh, if he does much of anything, I think he's an automatic despite the in-between. If he finishes on a good note. I think that that, yeah, that, that could make the difference uh, just depending absolutely. on how he finishes. Uh, but beyond that, we're getting to the point where DeAndre Hopkins is in. Like, he's real close. Don't you think? I think so. And I think too, like, I think there is a difference with wide receivers and 
the need for them to like have like a lot of playoff wins and Super Bowls. Like it's different for them than it is for quarterbacks, you know, like because they can only control what they control. Whereas there's a lot more put on them. So I, I don't think he needs to go out and win it in Arizona for it to make a difference. I think uh, being able to do it in in Houston and then now um, in Arizona, he's really been able to make that 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 leap and. Like when you think about who, like who are some of the most dominant wide receivers, not only for production, but also just when you're watching them on Sundays, like his name comes up because he is just a force constantly. And yeah, I mean, how can you, how, like to me, he's, he's similar to like a, a Megatron where he's going to, uh, he's going to make it in just based on his elite performance on the field week in, week out. Um, and I think he does like he does have the numbers to back it up. He averages uh, close to thirteen hundred yards a season, and I don't think that's going to change like, anytime soon. No, I mean that's 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 ridiculous. When you look at his yards uh, per season, what he's done next to just about anybody in the last twenty years, you know who the guys are that are ahead of him on a per season basis. The entire list: Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones, uh, the back end of, of Torrey Holt's career. Uh, and Justin Jefferson, and that he only has one year. So right, right. that's the list. That's it. Like rece- receiving yards per season, he is basically top dog, top five in the last twenty years. Uh, and we're looking at uh, a list of guys that he's he's way up there in the all time yards already, and he has over ten thousand receiving yards. He's already top fifty receiving yards all time. Not even thirty years old. Uh, already coming up on guys like Deshaun Jackson, uh, and only like 16, 1,700 behind guys like Antonio Brown. He's sixteen hundred behind Calvin Johnson. Uh, he's he's just he's going to pass Shannon Sharp already in the Hall of Fame. Uh, he's going to pass a whole long list of, of guys if he stays healthy at all in the next three years. Like he's he's going to be right there next to Julio Jones in, in a couple right. of years, two or three years. So to me, he's right there on that trajectory. And I, I don't even. I'm okay rostering him and just riding him uh, until the sun sets. He he rides off into the sunset. Like I had Roddy White. I have a Roddy White jersey because I had Roddy White like every year of his prime. Like his six wide receiver one seasons in a row. Like I had Roddy White every single year. And yeah. so like I'm okay uh, just riding that until it's it's because he's he's kind of already coming up on the age where it's. It's hard to get fair value for him, which is silly. Absolutely, uh, it Absolutely. doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But that's where we are. And we've seen him produce with bad quarterbacks, um, and he doesn't have that problem anymore. Like yeah, now, you right. coupled him with a super young, talented, a guy that we mentioned in the quarterback section, Kyler Murray, and you got to feel comfortable that he is going to be in a position where he's, um, uh, you know, unless injuries of course but he's going to be in a position where he is able to benefit from really solid quarterback play and you know a coach that i mean who knows how long cliff sits around but a coach that likes to air it out and 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 i almost said my least favorite fantasy football term pepper with targets i hate that (laughs) but it happens with 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 hopkins yes yes it does Uh, a few fun older names before we get into some of the younger guys and we kind of round out the show um, I, this isn't going to happen, but I'd really love it if it did happen. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, where do you think he ranks in career receiving yards all time? Um, well, you love him. So I'm guessing it's a lot higher. I would say he's been around for a while. Top 15. 
So he's actually he's forty first in career receiving yards. What you made me look stupid. No, Come that's on okay, now, Travis. No, he's he's way up there, and most people I don't think would have even guessed forty first. Like he's actually ahead of DeAndre Hopkins. He's ahead of AJ Green. He's ahead of Ty Hilton, and a bunch of guys who have been he around. Played? When did uh, he's start? like he's been around since two thousand eight, and so okay, yeah, yeah. But he's got a ridiculous number of one thousand plus, like eleven hundred plus all purpose yard seasons because he's actually a ridiculous uh, punt returner and kick returner, like career. Like he are, he has twelve thousand four hundred sixty seven all purpose yards, which would put him like top thirty in all purpose yards for his career. So he's got that going for him. If he does anything at all, he's going to be in the top 40 in receiving yards. So it's probably not going to happen, but that would be fun just because he's got like the <laughs> longevity and he had a crazy peak, but that's probably not going to happen. And guys like I would also like to see happen, but I don't think I, you can disagree with me if you want, but AJ Green and T.Y. Hilton both been around since 2011, 2012, respectively, both just over 9,300 receiving yards uh, have struggled with health as of late. Do you think... He, there's any chance like they can muster anything at the age that they are like 31. Uh, and, and no, I think AJ green is done, especially, um, in that offense. There's just too many other, like he's going to be splitting targets with Deandre Hopkins, you know, like he's not going to get enough to be relevant. And, and T Y Hilton, um, has no. Carson Wentz throwing him the football. Yeah. No, I think Wentz still might. He Wentz did might lead the fine. league one year in receiving yards. Like he's got something yeah. to put on, on, on the plaque. But... Yeah, and that's nice. I think like you, you said, like the hall of good, like I think yeah. they both, they should both be in the hall of very good, like exactly. very good. If there was and, a place um, that, yeah. <laughs> and they should it. be like, their stadiums should hang their jerseys and, you know, put them in there. Like I, a lot of these stadiums have like the, the ring of fame for, for players yeah. from their teams. Like, do that, but I don't think the Hall of Fame is 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 quite where they belong. Me either. But let's get to the next tier down of of age group that that could if they stick around. So Michael Thomas is somehow already twenty seven years old. Uh, Mike Evans right there with him. Uh, Keenan Allen just a little bit older than that. Uh, all those guys have been uh, kind of peppered with targets. Uh, Not <laughs> Yeah, uh, in the past uh, few years, uh, Keenan Allen has been after being labeled injury prone early on in his career has been the uh you know one of the most consistent assets and consistent players in the game he's actually not not going to give it away where do you think he ranks don't do it to me don't do it how about yards receiving yards per game all time where does keenan allen rank receiving yards per Per game game? yeah why do you do this to me because Um, i love you stefan you know yeah so so where does he rank in career receiving yards per game? So I think he is, I'm not just going to give you like a top whatever. I'm going to give you <laughs> number 13, 14. He's... I'm going to give you 14. <laughs> Did you cheat? 16. No, He's 16. I'm going the wrong way. He's 14th all 14th? time. You just, uh, you, I cannot believe you didn't, you didn't cheat. No, <laughs> not He's on that 14th. one. He's 14th. And, I was way off on Deshaun Jackson, though. Remember that. Yes, you were. But Keenan Allen, seriously, 14th. He's, he averages like 74-ish receiving yards per game career. Like, it's right next to A.J. Green. It's more than Tyreek Hill. It's more than wow. Stephon Diggs. More than even oh, Calvin well, I Ridley. I would have guessed that wrong for shit. sure with Tyreek Hill. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, he's, he's right there. Tyreek Hill, 72.9, 16th all time. Uh, but Keenan Allen is right there and he's way up there in terms of the receptions. He's way up there in, in terms of uh, hitting 
every kind of threshold in receptions, he's way up there too because he's been peppered with targets. But now that I know that you don't like that, it's going to be oh really tough for me not to say that. But the Mikes, Michael Thomas and Mike Evans, where do you think they rank in terms of receiving yards per game all time? Lower. <laughs> um, Mike Evans, I would say, like, it's hard for me not to just think of those two games last year where he had, like, two receptions for two yards and two touchdowns, you know? So uh, maybe that's clouding my judgment. But I would think they were lower. I would guess, um, like, like with Evans, I would say, like, 32? Seventh. What? <laughs> All time. Oh Mike God. Evans, seventh in receiving yards per game. And it has to do with, it's just this era. It really does. But at the yeah. same time, he's he's a yard and a half behind in terms of per game, DeAndre but Hopkins. That speaks, that speaks, the fact that I was so far off just speaks to like our bias towards, like our recency bias. Because oh, way like off. he had those way few off. games last year that he wasn't doing much and that's what sticks out. And then it's like, well, then he's probably way lower and you forget, or I forget about, how like those years where Jameis Winston and him were just yellowing it up. Um, But yeah, Yeah. Mike Evans is another guy that I've gotten for super cheap in dynasty redraft leagues. Yeah. Like not dynasty startup. Sorry. uh, This, this year, Uh, no one wants him. No. And uh, he's coming up on 28 years old, Uh, but he's still not 28, even though he's played seven seasons and he's never had a year with less than a thousand receiving yards uh i don't think that the future is going to be you know we might not see another 1500 yard season out of the guy but if you can get him cheaper because people uh hate anyone that's over the age of 27 in football these days uh same or even 26 even wide receivers i've seen some ridiculous offers go through here recently but by the way michael thomas third all time in terms of receiving yards per game so the mics michael and mike uh both top seven all time in terms of receiving yards per game. They both need to do it for quite a a while longer if they want to uh, make the top list. But Mike Evans is already top 100 ever in terms of yards. And Michael Thomas, is he hasn't been around as long uh, and he missed part of last year, but he's got the per game clip going for him. He's already uh, just about inside the top 200. So both of them, I think, could maintain and could go to the Hall of Fame. Tyree Kill, Stephon Diggs, those guys are a little bit further down the list. Diggs had the, you know, he's, he's, what do you think of Diggs now? Cause he's like, he's with the bills. Do you think he can maintain his elite level of production? I wouldn't bet on it, but I didn't bet on Diggs last year. And that made me look foolish, but I'm still like, I was, and the reason I wasn't buying in on Diggs is because I did not believe in Josh Allen making the jump that he did. I did not foresee no. that. I, at all i was and so in wrong fact, <laughs> i don't know if i would i don't know if i think he can maintain that like i think Allen regresses this year and i think that will lead to um digs regressing a little bit as well so i don't think digs can hold it up but he is a phenomenal football player uh you and i we were talking about like some of matt Harmon's work with like reception perception and Diggs yeah. is one of those guys who's just like such an awesome route runner he's fast he makes the quarterback look better because he can just get wide open he can track balls so so maybe i'll be wrong on the bills but i guess the fact that they do love throwing the ball so much now like maybe helps him but i don't know i i'm still not i, I love his name he spells it wrong but i do love his name <laughs> yes but i think because of the situation i think he and tyree kill could get to a place where they're there where they're in 
uh, because they're sure. both 27. They're in the prime of their career. And what? who are the top two quarterbacks in football right now, according to Dynasty Football Drafts? Oh, yeah. It's Mahomes and, and Allen. Yeah. It's their quarterbacks. So, yeah. in great spots to do it. Uh, I'm just not sure how long either of them have. Stefan uh, <laughs> Leco. I almost said Stefan Leco. He's just inside the top 200 <laughs> in career receiving yards. Uh, and uh, ever. Uh, and That's Ty- crazy. Uh-huh. And Tyreek Hill is actually not, but the per game numbers are great for him. So they're both, you know, top three, you know, they're both easily top 250-ish in, in receiving yards, but they really have to maintain that. Just, uh, I mentioned this briefly earlier in passing, but threshold anymore to make it into the Hall of Fame. I'm not going to go down the entire list, but you basically have to get close to 13,000 receiving yards to make it in. Uh, Julio Jones is right there, but Stefan Diggs, even though his per game numbers are top 20 all time, he has to maintain that clip for exactly basically everything that he's ever done in his career and just do it again. Like he's at 6,100 right. yards. He needs to at least double that <laughs> to be yeah. considered in today's NFL because it no longer means crap for you to average, you know, a thousand plus yards per season. Even though Which is nuts. It, it just doesn't mean anything like you could be yeah. like a wide receiver, too. And uh, in average, like a thousand yards plus per season, especially going to 17 games. And if you don't believe yeah. me, there are 21 wide receivers that on a per 16 game basis average a thousand plus receiving yards. Now, that doesn't mean they all stay healthy for that that clip. But in terms of yards per game measure, 21 current active NFL wide receivers would see if they stayed healthy in per 16 games, 1,000 plus yards per year. 21. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It just doesn't mean anything. So, uh, and because we're going to see so many guys with 5,000, 6,000, 7,000, 8,000 receiving yards by just hanging out and existing in the pros, <laughs> right. uh, it's, it's basically going to mean you have to differentiate yourself and, and you yep. have to hit 12,000, 13,000 receiving yards in this day and age. And there's a long list. I mean, like guys like Calvin Ridley, DK, DK Metcalf, DJ Moore, those are like the next three in terms of yards per game numbers. And they're all really, well, Calvin Ridley's already a grandpa, but DK Metcalf and DJ Moore are super young. And they have some time. Uh, so there, there's, there's going to be a huge generation of guys that we see that have like 5,000 receiving yards by the time they're 25, you know? Um, yeah, and so that's going to mean terrible things for the guys that are just just a little bit older, like Devonte Adams. Like, where do you think he ranks in terms of receiving yards per game all time? Receiving yards per game, man, seventeen, forty six. What? Yeah. I, I oh, he had that rough. He had a rough start too. He had a rough start, and so despite yeah. being like the best in the game, maybe for two or three years, probably here he's in the top three. Uh, yeah. He's going to be going uphill, trying to just get enough raw totals to even be considered. Like it's it's going to be weird. Like the guys that are 26, 27 or above, like there's going to be no margin for error. They're going to have to be perfect for basically three more seasons. In many cases, a bunch of the guys that we consider the best of the best, uh, they're going to have to have prolonged primes if we want to see them anywhere close. Because Devontae Adams is still 175th in career receiving yards. And, uh, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, he's he's basically exactly half of who. Now he does knows. have a lot of touchdowns. He so, does have a I lot mean, of touchdowns. Way up there, elevate him. Yes, but 
Uh, it's going to be really tough, and it's going to be tougher and tougher every year. Uh, and tight ends, uh, it's basically what, Gronk? You you forgot about a dude that I think is at least worthy of a mention Yeah. Um, and a question, and mainly because I'm curious what your thoughts are. But what about Odell Beckham Jr.? Oh, that's tough. Because that's, he's that's really up, like on your sheet, like he's way up there on like um, yards per 16 where like he averages like right in between Antonio Brown and DeAndre Hopkins on like yards per game at 83.3. Mm-hmm. So he's way up there. He has a couple of elite seasons, but then obviously a couple of really kind of average seasons. So, I mean, obviously from my perspective, he still has a lot to do before his name can be considered. Mm-hmm. Um, but the trajectory, if you look at his career, and maybe he can get back to that level. Maybe now the offense he plays in probably isn't going to be very useful for that with the amount of running they do there. Um, but definitely name. I was curious what your thoughts were on him on the spreadsheet. I shared with you. I forgot to highlight him, but uh, without cheating, where do you think he ranks in receiving yards per game career? Oh, I already cheated. That's why I wanted to throw his name out there. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it? He's like number four. He's fifth all time behind fifth all time. Yes. Fourth in, among active players. It goes Julio, Calvin Johnson, Michael Thomas, Antonio Brown, and then Odell Beckham Jr. Now, raw totals, Jarvis Landry has more receiving yards and receptions than Odell Beckham because he's got the health issues. So that's the problem. Like, we had had that crazy rookie year. He had the catch. He has... And even that year, he missed like three or four games to start the season. Oh, yeah. He missed like four with a hammy. Uh, So... Yeah. So he has the ridiculous peak numbers, but he doesn't even have 7,000 receiving yards. So unless he's elite level productive for probably three, four more years, uh, he won't make it. Yeah, I agree with you, by the way. I just saw his name way on the top of the list, so I had to throw it out. (laughs) But we need to just realize that uh, we're way too ageist when it comes to these guys. Way it's, It's embarrassing. Like I've seen some just... Um, well, stupid uh, offers come in for guys like Cooper Cup because he's 27. Uh, you know, any basically once a player is 27, even the wide receiver position, like people are just you know, oh well, this is the sell high window or this is the, this is time to move off him. I get questions all the time. Uh, is it time to sell so and so? And they're like 28 years old and now they're dead. But like for wide receivers, the ones that are the outliers, the ones that are good enough to be in this conversation. We talked about on the podcast and in the hall of fame discussion ever, or even on that trajectory, those kinds of players see their arcs extend longer. Like if you dig it, I don't want to dig through the apex year for wide receivers and running backs. It's and how it's slightly getting younger and younger every year, but it's still for wide receivers, the difference making ones, they typically go until the 30 till the 31 till the 32 till the 33 and beyond even in some of these cases so if if these guys we believe them to be the elite of the elite in the nfl uh i'm not moving off of guys like mike evans i'm not moving off guys like deandre hopkins i'm not i'm not moving off guys certainly in the 20 age 27 range and even even keenan like like amari cooper yeah 27 years old like amari cooper yeah he's another guy that's uh he's been immensely productive so he, I mean, he he could be in this conversation. He's one of those twenty-one wide receivers that's averaging, you know, per sixteen games easily, easily over one thousand receiving yards. Uh, and so, he's, I think he's in that twenty-seven. Yep. So is Brandon Cooks. Well. Uh, he's he's kind of Mr. Boom Bust, but you know, there's a there's a long list of these guys uh, that I'm not really 
I'd rather just have the production than try to move them mm-hmm. for a younger speculative guy like a Chase Claypool or a Deontay Johnson or any other non-Steelers wide receiver that I don't, didn't bring up just now. <laughs> um, but any other takeaways on wide receivers before we wrap things up? No, I, I think I think um, I first I think it's great that now you call Stefan Diggs Stefan Diggs. I think that's wonderful. You did that a few times, and I appreciate I did. it. Well, it's because you're yes. Stefan, and it messed <laughs> yeah, me up. It's perfect. So I'm just gonna I be like, it. hey, Stefan Diggs. That's your name now. Yeah. That's your name. That's um, sticking. No, I I I think it's interesting. I think, like you said, it is going to be. We were talking again before the show. Like these guys whose careers kind of are in between the 16 and 17 games. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting what happens with them because. While that doesn't feel like a lot, it actually is. Like it's you know 80, 80 more yards, these seventy more yards a season that, that adds up over time. And especially with wide receivers having longer shelf lives than running back, um, I think it'll be really interesting. But yeah, I, I like a lot of the names that we talked about. As you know, like it'd be interesting to see what happens. And then the super young guys, like so many talented, just like athletic freaks, like DK Metcalf. You know, <laughs> that'll be like. AJ super Brown. young way too early to project yeah but man they could have such fun careers that mm-hmm. um it'll be it'll be fun to see what happens yeah we'll we'll see this with this next generation coming up with uh 17 games a year and in the most pass happy era ever where it means literally nothing to have a thousand <laughs> receiving yards right. in a season tight ends though it's basically rob gronkowski travis kelsey uh jimmy graham i know people don't like that name up there but he had a ridiculous ceiling uh, in terms of uh, career receiving yards, he's actually right behind Gronk. So those three, and then people want to put George Kittle because of his ridiculously fast start. Would you name any other tight ends that, that could be on that trajectory right now currently in the pros? No, I think that's the list. I might be forgetting someone. Um, but I actually do like Jimmy Graham's name up there because not only was he super dominant um, with the Saints, we, we all know that, but even his year in Seattle, which a lot of people looked at, like his years in Seattle, people looked at as a real disappointment. The dude was a freaking red zone threat. Like, I don't yeah. know if people remember just like Russell Wilson throwing like alley-oops to him. Like, it was so much fun. Like, he can only catch touchdowns. Um, but uh, I think he's just a really elite player. And he has a longevity that's given him some really good numbers. Uh, so I'm very comfortable having him on that list. And, uh, I mean, Kittle is a guy, uh, to your point, like, uh, from the tight end position, like, he is averaging over a 1,000 yards on the, that 16-game pace, like you said. So, uh another really strong candidate so yeah i definitely think these four guys deserve to be at least names that we're thinking about and yeah gronk and kelsey are, are no-brainers yeah and i mentioned like that 12 13 000 threshold that you need for wide receivers it's really if you look at historic uh tight end production like there are guys that you know six thousand seven thousand maybe eight thousand made it as for tight ends and receiving it just you know blocking comes into play way more with tight ends uh, but even though Jimmy Graham and Gronk weren't, well, Gronk was a way better blocker, I think, than than Graham was. But th- yeah, Graham was both over Jimmy Graham 8, was 000. awful. Yeah, it was bad. But they're both over eight thousand receiving yards. Like yeah, like they're, they're they both have more receiving yards easily than just about every other meaningful tight end uh, that's even in the discussion. So it's like them, and they're actually both still ahead of. Travis Kelsey, uh, but you know Travis Kelsey being basically the best guy for five years in a row, that's going to get him in, yeah. even if he retired today. Yeah. Today, but uh, it's those three, and then Kittle, and then a whole bunch of nope for me. But <laughs> yeah, no, I I agree. I mean, there's some of those other old guys that like are fun. Yeah, but they're just not going to make it. You know, no. like like even Zach Ertz, Jared Cooks and, of the world. <laughs> like even like Zach Ertz is pretty far up there, but like Jared Cook is. You know, he's not going to make it. 
you know, and obviously Kyle Pitts, he's going to make it. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, if if he retires today, I think he's in. I think he's in for sure, based on how fantasy football Twitter has uh, yeah. kind of crowned him king. So, yeah. But anyway, that's yes. probably all the time we have on this College Again show. But again, uh, look forward to more episodes of the show coming more frequently here in the near future. Uh, we will have a special show upcoming. I'm going to get uh, some college football refs, uh, friends of mine, to come on the show uh, here in, in a few weeks. I already had like 15 or 16. Awesome. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Uh, 15 or 16 questions submitted uh, for those guys. But if you want to leave a rate and review and, and your question for uh, those refs that are coming on, uh, college football refs, once an SEC guy, he's been an SEC ref for 26 years. Uh, so great stories, tons of if you have like player questions, uh, coach questions, uh, team specific questions. Uh, he was like, yeah, man, have any of them like I he's been a, he's been a ref seriously since the 90s, since before some of you listening were born. He's been an SEC ref. <laughs> so that should be a fun uh, show for sure. And then, uh, you know, it's basically already almost the season. So we'll dive right in. Stay fun. We'll do some more of the long form stuff. I'll do some of the spotlight episode stuff and we'll kind of overlap here with each other some, but get some good guests on again here shortly. Uh, but stay fun. Anything you want to leave? Any parting words for our listeners? No, I'm just excited to be part of the uh, C2C team here now. And It'll be it'll be fun moving forward. And uh, do check out and starts. You'll be hearing me talk a lot about some of my bets because we're still running the betting stuff, the DFS college the college DFS show um, as well. So it'll be a lot of really good stuff. But uh, I'm really excited to be part of this, and uh, it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be great. So yeah, Absolutely. that's that's all I got. Yeah, well, listeners, leave a rate and review, a question, anything like that. Reach out to us, either of us on Twitter. I'm at FF underscore Travis M. You can find Stefan at StayFunLaco. Uh, but until next time, you guys take care, and uh, we'll look forward to many more episodes of the College Again podcast. <laughs>